0: Welcome to the Andrea Kay Show. She's blonde, 5'2", and 102 pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea Kay. You know I'm a bad girl. Do what I want,
1: say what I like. Nobody can touch me. Trust me, I'm a bad girl. Welcome to Hour 2 of tonight's Andrea Kay Show. Having a great time with you guys tonight, especially since I got to talk to a real-life hero last segment. Sean, the Marine, called in. We are celebrating the Marines tonight. It is the 247th birthday of the U.S. Marines. My favorite branch, because y'all know I'm the daughter of two Marines, born at Lejeune, and just have such a special place in my heart for all of the U.S. military, but especially the U.S. Marines. If you are a Marine tonight, I would love to thank you for your service. Find out a little bit about your time in the in the Corps and just honor you. The number is 888-344-1170 if you'd like to call in. Uh, joining us now is the man that I don't think anybody would suspect that he was ever in uh, the U.S. military, particularly
2: the Marines. Um, wow. But <laughs> <laughs> a heck of a fisherman.
1: <laughs> I'm just teasing you, my man. That's just because he is quite the... Um, you know, I don't want to say quite the dandy, but he's just quite the professional attorney, brilliant businessman, but brilliant attorney, author of books like The Divided Air*. And it's our dear friend Tom Del and
3: he joins me now. Hello, my dear. Hello. By the way, John Hancock was accused of being a dandy, but he financed the revolution. So we're OK with that. <laughs> OK,
1: <Yeah. laughs> excellent. Um, OK, so I'm glad to have you back a couple of days after the midterms. And while uh, just the proverbial poopage is hitting the fan over Trump and MAGA, let's start with the midterms. Your analysis on uh, the red wave that was really more of a red spray.
3: Well, if you look at where we are, Republicans started at a level of 200 and what was it, 10 or 12 seats. And back in 2010, when I predicted that the Democrats would lose 65 seats, they wound up losing 63. Uh, and I was the only one in the country, by the way, who who had was above 50, but. What, what happened was the Democrats started at a really low amount. And, of course, the economy had yet to recover from government screwing it up in 2008. And Obama was the president. People didn't like Obamacare. And they lost the 63 seats and they swung from 240-something down all the way down, losing those 63 seats. Those pendulum swings just don't exist these days because we're more divided because we gerrymandered ourselves and people have moved to Florida from New York kind of thing. So that's one dynamic that's going on. Uh, another dynamic is the Democrats vote for people with a D by their name, no matter what they're like. Period. End of story. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. That's Fetterman. He's a D. We're voting. Period. Rob Bonta is about to get the same percentage victory as Gavin Newsom. Rob Bonta, attorney general, is a complete unknown. But they vote no matter what. Republicans do not do that. No. Republicans are fighting each other. Trump's fighting McConnell in the last election. Who knows what the fight's going to be? McConnell's fighting the Tea Party Trump candidates. He'd rather... Support Lisa Murkowski than uh, Blake Masters in in uh, Arizona, Mm -hmm. which could cost the you know he'd rather have that fight than actually control the Senate. These kind of things are very troubling. So the dynamic of the Democrats voting no matter what and not fighting once someone makes the ballot versus Republicans is a serious issue uh, going forward. As far as the Senate, we need to remember that there was uh, only 11 or 12 Democrat seats up. Maybe it was 14, but there was 20-something Republicans. So it was always a year, in theory, that you have to play some defense. The fact that we're going to pick up and possibly get to 51, giving the number, the, the breakdown of who had to defend more seats is actually a good thing. Two years from now, the Republicans only have 10 or 11 seats up. The Democrats have 20-something. That's where we should pick up a bunch. These are some of the dynamics that were going on. But I will say one last thing. When I wrote about this in an open letter to McConnell on Newsmax, if you want people to follow you, you should tell them where you're going. And the Republicans' refusal to put out an agenda Mm -hmm. saying, this is how we're going to combat the failures of the Democrats on crime the failure of inflation here's where we're going follow our agenda their failure to do that hurt them in this election and i'm sick and tired of that it's not a hard thing to do no
1: no i and their no. their the messaging was uh, you know um was their messaging there there wasn't Well, I I will tell you, I get emails every morning from the Republican Party, and here's the guest on Mondays. Here's the guest for the week, and here's the topics. And the only thing that was ever in an email was inflation. Yeah. And that's not messaging. The idea that we're just going to sit back and expect a red wave because the economy is bad was my numbingly stupid. And I don't know if it was just incompetence and stupidity or how much of it how much of it was that that money was spent in messaging against our candidates. Karl Rove and his pack. Was dedicated to Shapiro against Doug Mastriano. This there is a concerted and you look at the talking points today, in unison between the Paul Ryan's, the Lieutenant Governor of Virginia, the mouthpieces for the Uniparty establishment wing going on in the media. It's all coordinated. They that you know Trump is is the liability has got to go while the number while the most important MAGA candidate since Trump is still likely to be governor in Arizona tells me that this is. The Republican Party that, that did not care and actually would be happy to stay in the minority if, because first of all, they're always happier in the minority because then they can, they have somebody to run against without having to actually do anything. And number two, they can get rid of Trump. I think it's obvious now. Absolutely obvious that that's what's going on with the RNC, and it also means to me that um, if we're going to ever save this country and change directions, it's not going to happen until we get rid of Mitch McConnell and Kevin McCarthy. Kevin McCarthy cannot be Speaker of the House. Am I wrong?
3: Well, he certainly uh, got some headwinds that he's facing. There's about there's at least a dozen or more. Republicans who have sworn that they're not going to have him be that. And the interesting thing about that is we may, the Republicans may only get to 218, the bare minimum. Yeah. Well, you to get speaker. You got to hit 218 and there's Republicans are upset about the fact that he didn't. So, uh, and remember he ran once before, and it didn't particularly work out now, did it? So th- that'll be an interesting thing to watch because look, this is, We're at 211 seats right now. Uh, If you look at the seats that haven't been decided, Republicans are only got a reasonable chance in another 10 of those seats. So you're talking the razor thin margin if they get to the House. And someone could be held accountable to that. It could be Kevin. Look, I I also remember years ago, about, I don't know, 12 years ago, I was at a state party convention and I was at a huge Tea Party meeting, it had to be two, three hundred people there. And they were upset about the lack of leadership by the by the Ben, Paul, Ryan and and otherwise. And I got up to answer one of these what one of the gripes about why aren't they leading? Mm-hmm. And I stood up and uh, and I to the microphone and I said, raise your hand if you bought the poster of all the great speakers of the House in history. And people just looked, they grumbled. <laughs> like, that's a great and question. <laughs> and, and I said, the answer is it doesn't exist because true leadership does not come from within Washington. If you want to change the course, that's why we we elect governors. We bring people in to change the course. Reagan never would have started in Washington. He had to start without outside. And and that's what has to happen. Having said that, it's going to be, to be honest with you, it's going to be a bruising battle between uh, Trump and, and po- possibly DeSantis uh, and otherwise. And this could be very detrimental. I don't expect Biden ultimately, ultimately to run. I think everybody's singing on the same side on that right now. Oh, we didn't do that bad. Everything's good, blah, blah, blah. That'll disappear in January, and certainly when we hit recession next year with all these interest rate rises. And then it's a free-for-all. But the fight between Trump and DeSantis could get really bad.
1: Well, it's already getting ugly. We're talking to Tom Debacaro, former chairman of the Republican Party for California, author of The Divided Era.
3: Um, you Can, can I f- talk about some good news, though? So yes. Really actually, well,
1: can you hold over? It's time for a break. Can you do another segment yeah. with us? All right. Yeah, absolutely. Tom's going to stick with us. Man, are we desperate for some good news? Tom's promising us some good news. Y'all need to stick around to hear it. We're going to hold him to that. This is the Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170, The Answer, San Diego, FM 96.1 North County, and streaming all over the world. Don't go away.
0: News, politics, and current events. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Continuing on our discussion with our friend Tom DeBacaro, former chairman of the Republican Party, author of The Divided Era and other books, uh, well-known political pundit. You have, mu- If you're in San Diego, you must have seen him all over the news the past few days. And so I'm glad to have him with us tonight. So you say you've got some good news for us tonight, brother. Share it.
3: Yes. Well, you know, look, presidential politics, as everyone knows, requires winning the electoral college. And during the Obama era, Florida went to the Democrats and Iowa was in play. Well, I'll say it right now. You can take Florida off the board. It is now a firm red state, mm-hmm. and it will vote for a Republican president in two years, which is a big deal mm-hmm. because it's 30 electoral votes. Ohio, the Republicans have never won the presidency without Ohio. Mike DeWine's crushing victory a law of brought along uh, their their. Uh, A Republican center as well. DeWine won by 17. That's a big deal. That's huge. Ohio. That state is very red at this point. Not as secure as Florida, I think, but pretty darn secure. And again, you can't win it without it. And that brings me to Iowa. Iowa, not that long ago, was a swing state. But it is a clean sweep now. Iowa is red. And I think it's seven electoral votes, if my memory serves. These are big deals. Those states need to be secure so that the Republicans can, can expand from there and go after other states. So one of the good news of this election is the future of the Electoral College prospects for Republicans. The other news is the fact that the Latino vote has changed. Mm-hmm. The closeness of, of Nevada, uh, where Arizona is. Even in Southern California, the Latino vote is moving away from the Democrats. Now, that is nothing more than an opportunity. They haven't pledged themselves to Republicans, and they must follow the example of Florida where they directly communicate with the Latino community and court their vote. They are consumers. A grocery store courts your business They send you mailers, everything they can do to get you to come into their store. Voters deserve the same respect regardless. Republicans must go out and expand who they talk to instead of talking to their own. And the Latinos want to hear from them. And this is a big deal. And so those four things are very significant.
1: Yeah, they are. Um, We have some we have blew an opportunity to speak to the women vote. Um, uh, because uh, after Roe v. Wade was overturned, and the Republican Party just completely ignored that issue, like they have now for decades, right? And the Republican Party has ignored all the culture issues when they don't need every, in fact, every Republican, life, um, gosh, what's the name of this organization? Um, I want to pull up, uh, something that they posted today. Um, every. Every Republican governor who signed strict—oh, shoot, where's my meme? I wanted to give a list of governors they posted today. Every Republican governor who had signed uh, a, a, a stricter abortion laws won by a landslide, like DeWine, like— um, uh Governor Abbott. We don't need to run away from this abortion issue. What what our candidates needed to do was do like Kerry Lake and actually be aggressive about it. When she's got somebody questioning her about her extremist position as a pro-life candidate, she said, you come back to me after you've gone and questioned my opponent and asked that individual what their position is on abortion because it's far more extreme than mainstream America. The average American, uh, the majority of Americans are not on board with late term abortion and like the proposition one that passed here in California, which the left is yeah. trying to spin is not uh, you know an um, infanticide which it is and actually includes language to wear for perinatal abortion that's that is that's the extreme position and Republicans need to own it and own that we are actually on the side of Americans when it comes to abortion and so that's one of the so, things that we need to do better
3: as well yes when I yeah when I win. For office and when I was ran for Senate and I was asked on the issue, I said, I'm pro-life and let me tell you why. And I made it very personal. My mother was did enormous work for uh, unwed mothers and also I talked about how my mother's experiences and made it very personal as opposed to ideological, if that makes sense. And... That's an effective way to do things. The worst thing a Republican can do is hem and haw and act like, oh, you got me. Say what you believe. That doesn't mean you have to run your whole campaign on that issue. But hemming and hawing and refusing to... Uh, really fess up to what you believe. Nobody likes that,
1: right? And and we have we have uh, with technology on our side. Mm-hmm. And we, well, first of all, there's one of the things that they could have done immediately after the dra- the, the draft was leaked is talk about the value of states' rights. Um, that the left was able to convince women that nobody in, in this country was going to be able to get an abortion. There was just so many things that the demo, yeah. the Republicans could have done to talk about this issue that they ignored. Here's it's LifeNews.com. Here was their tweet today. Every pro-life Republican governor who signed an abortion ban won by a landslide. Landslide: DeSantis by 19 points. Abbott by 11. Kemp by 8. DeWine by plus 25. Kevin Stitt plus 14. Kim Reynolds plus 19. Kay plus 37. Christy Nome plus 27. Henry McAster plus 18. Billy plus 32. Brad Little plus 40. Mark Gordon plus 59. Um, there's no reason for us to be shying away um, from from this issue we but we do have um, we have a cultural problem too that we've got to deal with and that is the fact that when the worst uh, you know um, yes there's cheating that went on and all kinds of shenanigans but the Republican Party has done a, a crappy job of selling uh, free market capitalism as opposed to socialism and entitlements
3: and, and that goes all the way back to schooling we have seeded that issue. It starts with kids in school, but I, I agree with you hundred percent.
1: Yeah. And they and it meanwhile, all anybody's done is the past two days is blame Trump. And that's in
3: um Yeah, that feeds into that definitely feeds into the look the socialism is sold by scaring the other side. It is not sold on the merits of its results or its programs. In Ignore inflation and all of these things. You have to vote for us. Otherwise, democracy dies and evil people will get in. That was their closing argument. It worked pushing Democrats out, but that's all they got. And Republicans, were right. But you can't sell what you're describing, which should be done, without an agenda. You can't go into an election and say, hey, it's better to have capitalism You need to marry that with here is why our policy will lead to more jobs because that that takes the theoretical into people's kitchen table. Well, of course,
1: of course, we've got to explain it. Instead, all the Republican Party ever does is talk about lower taxation. Right. And not explaining what that means and what the value is to anybody. They to not didn't ex- even do that this time. They didn't did even they do that. They absolutely politics? did nothing. They've done, done nothing for, for decades. I was saying back in 2008, talking to Ron Neering and then again in 2012, saying why is it? Where's the messaging here? you know in terms of you know that they the left loves to put these platitudes nobody should ever die hungry nobody should ever die without insurance nobody you know great things that fit on a bumper sticker and you know it and, and 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 um Low information voters are going to buy into that nonsense because the Republican Party has not crafted messaging that helps people to understand why limited government, individual freedom, individual responsibility and ambition and hard work and free capitalism is the best system in the world. And now we've got generations of people who are actually on board with socialism and communism, and it's hard to get that cancer out of their brains. I got to leave it there, Tom DeBacaro. Anything you want to wrap us up with? 30 seconds.
3: When I was chairman, I used to quote John Kennedy on all those things. that he didn't know what the hell to do because he was a Democrat. Look, I still think we can we can win the Senate. That's a big deal. Then we can consolidate that. Thanks for having me on. Check out my stuff at politicalvanguard.com.
1: All right. Um, you know what? Uh, but thank you for being here, my dear. Okay, bye. Bye now. Um, here's an example, Skins, of the culture war and how the left put – one of the things I said to Ron Neary in 2012 was, I said something about, you know, the the left pushes all day, every day their agenda. And we need to get better on messaging. And his response to me at that point was something along the lines of, it's not an election year yet. And I said, the Democrats push 24 hours a day, 365 days a year, their agenda. And here's an example of one. You found this article today that I want to bring people in on. You need to thank Skins for this. The lottery is now accused of systemic racism after a massive Powerball payout.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Think about that. Of all the things. Now, the lottery, the lotto is racist. Yeah. Uh, There
1: was one ticket that was sold in Altadena, California. And Altadena, by the way, in case you guys don't know, is actually the neighborhood where they filmed the um, the Walsh House in Beverly Hills, 90210, the Brenda and and Brandon Walsh House that was actually filmed in Altadena, not Beverly Hills. Nice neighborhood, right? Is is that where, where that ticket was sold? Is that how somehow is that why they're saying Powerball is racist because the ticket was purchased in an upscale neighborhood? i I don't i don't understand researchers told cnn that despite the extremely low chance of winning state lotteries still aggressively market the lottery and sell tickets to low-income communities at higher rates thus misleading americans to believe it will help them quickly generate wealth
2: um look i I, I, last time i checked andrea you're at a convenience store the the clerk's not sitting there pawning off lotto tickets you walk in and you ask for one well
1: not that but everybody i know i know people driving teslas that bought powerball yeah. tickets
2: <laughs> it's the stupidest thing i ever heard
1: these quote these communities are disproportionately made up of black and brown communities i know buku white people many of which you know i mean do the rich not want to get richer they're like who i know everybody i know went and dropped two bucks and you know uh, for a powerball ticket I know many
2: people of every income level and and ethnicity that you know what they like it, they have fun, they play every now and again, and everybody's got an equal chance.
1: Yeah, they're saying that uh, uh, stores selling lottery tickets are more likely to be located in you know poor communities in every state. That's just crap. I mean, you know we are every every upscale neighborhood I've ever been in has a store, a 711 or some convenience store that's selling lottery tickets. This is just crap, but it's an example of how the left is looking for every aspect of our country that they can get that they can uh, take over, that they can find and use to find a narrative. Right. To push what their agenda is and their agenda is, as America is America systemically racist. Uh, it's all about pushing. It's like it's straight out of page 94 from my communist manifesto that, the you know, uh, the, the haves versus the proletariats versus the bourgeoisie. That's what this is about. And it's crap. But when you've got a low, in, you know, information voter base or it's and it's also preying upon the people that are struggling. Right. It's preying upon them. It's it when when every aspect of our society is telling you that you're a victim. You can't do. You it's it's taking hope away from from these these low income people and and constantly getting into their brain and telling them that whatever their circumstances are, it's the fault of America. It's the fault of the Republican Party. It's it's the fault of X Y Z. And the only solution and the only way out is to vote Democrat. And in spite of the fact that our, our country went, to, it went down the crapper after in the past two years, there's still people lining up to vote Democrat.
2: Andrea, five years ago, did you think math, classical music, and the lotto would be considered racist?
1: No, and uh, five years ago, I would have told you that there was no chance that a local Miss America race would uh, crown a man as Miss Derry, and we're going to take a break and share that story with you. When we come back, this is the Andrea Kay Show on AM 1170. The answer San Diego FM 96.1 North County and streaming all over the world.
0: Andrea Kay, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K. Show on the Answer San Diego. No, no, I'm just saying. I just, I just found it interesting that uh, Biden's being a pop,
1: a pop, a pop, a a cop.
0: Biden's being extremist.
1: (sighs) Doesn't that just instill confidence in you? Aren't you so like, yes, that's my commander-in-chief, right? I'm old enough to remember when we were we were cautioned Trump can't get anywhere near the nuclear codes. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Somebody posted a meme I don't yesterday.
0: No, I'm just saying. Yeah. I, just, I just found it interesting that Biden's being an extremist.
1: Somebody posted a meme yesterday who said that the Democrat Party. Uh, installed a guy, I can't remember how they put it. Um, you know, a cognitively challenged man. They gave a cognitively challenged man the nuclear codes and just elected a, you know, a stroke victim in, in the Senate. The Democrat, yet they want to call us a cult, right? You heard that clip right now, right? Think about the fact that now, after the Democrats voted for the stroke victim we just talked about, they, they're happy to have that Joe Biden in the White House. They just voted in a stroke patient that literally can't complete a sentence. And that here is what Katie Turr from MSNBC had to say about Joe Fetterman. Clip four.
2: Fetterman as a
1: nominee at some point for president. Um, I know there's some variables, obviously. <laughs> just, but a yep. just a few. Just a But I just, you know... It, it, What he did in the in the super red, deep red parts of Pennsylvania and the way that he ran ahead of Biden, as you were saying, ran ahead of Trump. I mean, it just makes it makes you wonder about his future. Um, Fetterman for president. I guess with that gobbledygook you heard from Joe Biden, I guess that's just so fashionable now. It's just so yummy that, you know, they just want more of that. So I know let's make a guy who can't complete a sentence and literally said the other day, um, you know, I celebrated the demise of Roe v. Wade. Let's make him president. But you know what, Fetterman, you better get in on that quick, because before you know it, the Democrats will actually go all, all in and actually put a dead person on the ballot for president because they actually elected a dead person in Pennsylvania in a landslide. The Democrats will literally coalesce around and vote for anybody with a D after their name. We Somebody needs to somebody needs to um, put their dog on on a ballot and test this. Seriously, should I put Gator on the ballot? Put a D after his name, oh, right? Why not? cute. Why not? Couldn't be any worse than the Miss America organization putting a man on the ballot pretending to be a woman in the local pageant in Derry, New Hampshire, in the Miss Derry local pageant, and guess who won? Guess who won? Now, here we've got a biological male Squeezed about 250 pounds, squeezed into a red sequin dress, looking like a a, Italian, some Italian sausage, squeezed into a casing, triple chin, standing there, looking like Fetterman, no, like not even, no, not sure where he is. And then you see these beautiful young women, about four or five next to him, that when his name is called, As the winner of the Miss Dairy local pageant, they're just gushing over him. I don't know what's more disgusting to me, that the Miss America organization now has biological males pretending to be women competing and young women dumb enough to celebrate it. Full disclosure, I have family and friends involved in the Miss America organization. My niece, Kelsey, was actually Miss America Has a teen version of it. My niece, Kelsey, was Miss America's outstanding teen for the state of Ohio. My goddaughter was Miss America's outstanding teen for the state of Nevada. Um, my best friend was Miss Nevada. I've judged local pageants. I have ties to the Miss America organization. And let me tell you, I used to love it. Gretchen Carlson, former Fox News anchor, ruined the Miss America pageant. She got them on the on the on this trajectory to failure. Why does it matter? Because there's no area of this country of traditional America that the left has not infiltrated and sought to destroy. And I can't think of anything more symbolic about America and its destruction than the Miss America pageant. Now being infiltrated and young women who actually exemplify what Miss America was supposed to be about. Celebrating that a man has been crowned. What was Miss America about? Let's think about it. First of all, it was the, the, the nation's largest scholarship fund and put more women through college than any or other organization. And how did these women win the scholarship? They won it by competing first with beauty. And there's nothing wrong with, with having standards of beauty in the United States of America. But even more than that, Miss America was about brains. She was about academics. She was about fitness. That's really what the swimsuit part of the competition was about. It was about a woman taking care of her body and exercising, right? And then having the grace and the confidence enough to walk out on stage in that swimsuit. It was about a woman who, in addition to being academically focused, also was philanthropically focused and had a platform of charity and had a history of charity, on her resume that rivaled her academic achievements. It was about a woman who not only was beautiful, not only was brilliant, was poised enough and articulate enough to be be able to answer tough questions on the stage. It was the competition of all competitions. It was truly an example of American excellence. Something that should have been celebrated by feminists. But like every other aspect of America, it's been corrupted and ruined. And it just makes me sad. And even sadder is that here we've got in these midterms, we've got supposedly all of these Gen Zers, uh, 30 something percent of single women voting for Democrats. Well, this is what you voted for, you single women. Just so you could preserve the right, supposedly, to kill your unborn child, you've, you've sacrificed yourself at the altar of wokeism, a movement that is hell-bent on destroying you along with your unborn children. Going to take a break. We come back. Final segment of tonight's Andrea K Show, and I will share with you the celebrity who came out and said, hey, Christians, let me tell you what you should be focusing on. In regards to these midterm elections. Don't go away, it's the Andrea K. Show on AM 1170.
0: AK, dynamite and address, or just Andrea K. Whatever you call her, don't call her fake news. It's the Andrea K. Show on The Answer San Diego.
1: Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K. Show. Guess what celebrity? has come out and said to Christians after the disappointing election, our security does not rest in men or governments, but in God alone. Not, probably not going to be a surprise to you guys that it's Patricia Heaton from Everybody Loves Raymond. Who are, Skins has never never watched Everybody Loves Raymond. Did you watch Hands Up, Mr. Nameless Guy here in the studio? Loves- I loved Everybody Loves Raymond. I thought that was such a fun show. Who was your favorite character, Nameless Guy, over in the studio? Was it Mine was Marie. Her mother and her mother-in-law, Raymond's mother, Frank. <laughs> that was Raymond's dad, right? Here's what she had to say about about. Um, yeah, he was uh, in uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that's why they named his character Frank because he was in Young Frankenstein. <gasps> I had no idea. all These years later, that that's why they named Frank. I don't remember the name of the actor, but it was Mary De Marie, um, Patricia Heaton's um, father-in-law, Raymond's dad, in, in the the now series. I have
2: seen Young Frankenstein. Great movie.
1: Yes, I don't remember that he's passed away. So hilarious. Um, I you need to watch some episodes of that. Just to and and, and give it a shot. Um, now we're Googling Frank and everybody loves Raymond with the a- the actor's name was <laughs> we're cool. uh, Frank Barone. So his name was Frank. Oh, Peter Boyle. Peter Boyle. Frank Barone was the character's name. Peter Boyle was the actor. So hilarious. I think the show was just some of the best humor. Um, just and it was intelligent humor. Uh, to, in my opinion, love the show. Here's what uh, Patricia Heaton had to say today. She said, for those of you who are Christians and who feel disappointed or despairing of the election results, it is a blessing to be reminded that our security does not rest in men or governments, which are finite and will eventually crumble, but in God alone, who is ever sustaining. I thought, isn't that a message that we need to hear right now? Because we, you know, uh, and and. And I'm glad one of the reasons why I'm glad she said this is because I've been saying that conservatives, I didn't like how ministers have been telling Christians to turn off the news, don't engage in politics, don't pay attention to what's going on. I think I think part of our ministry as Christians is to care about what's going on in our communities. In our world and in our country, and part of the reason why we have been the most blessed nation in the history of the world is because we were founded on Judeo-Christian principles and values, and it's up to us as Christians to help preserve that, but at this end, how do we keep our peace? In the middle of all this, not by turning off the news and not paying attention. Oh, I love this, this, the <laughs> Frankenstein with Gene Wilder. So hilarious. Um, but also, um, you keep your peace by remembering who's on the throne. And that no matter what happens down here, this is just our temporary home. This isn't our this isn't the end point for us. This is a blink of the eye. We need to do what we can do to help to help, you know, our country going forward. But this isn't the, our end. uh This isn't our final destination. Uh, later, in a reply to a critic of the way the media handled the red wave predictions, Patricia Heaton added, I think it is helpful to develop a healthy skepticism of all things media and political. Never buy into what you are being fed by these folks. Absolutely. Um, she also went on to say, I absolutely believe God's will is at work, regardless of who is still in power. Some Christians happy with the results, some Christians sad, but no Christian should put their faith in the government for their hope. Absolutely. Barack Obama, who ran in 2008, uh, had sat on the pew and he, he ran as supposedly a Christian, which I think is is to be skeptical because he's he's referred to himself as a Muslim many times. Uh, you know, we know that Reverend Wright's church uh, was about black liberation theology. He he ran as a Christian, but I questioned it at the time because whatever his religious affiliation was, he gave a speech after he won in which he talked about how only the government can do this for you. Only the government can do that for you. Nobody was allowed to question what his hope meant when he said hope and change. And hope was about hope and government. The left and the Marxist and the communist, of which Barack Obama is, are about replacing God with state. And Patricia Heaton was right to point out the fact that we should never be putting our hope in man. We should not be putting our hope in state. Our hope should be in the Lord. And so I thank her for that. Um, she's probably, I haven't seen what comments were made Um uh, to her in response and the level of heat that she's been taking. She went on to say, in terms of pro-life, she said this, I don't understand why pro-life people want to know if they're, quote, welcome to join the Democrat Party. She said, why would any civilized person want to want to support... Ooh, this is where she probably got some backlash. Why would any civilized person want to support a barbaric platform that champions abortion for any reason through all nine months funded by taxpayers? The part where she talks about not through nine months funded by taxpayers is something that the Republican Party should be hitting home on all day, every day, because the majority of Americans do not believe in late term abortion. And that's why the Democrat Party doesn't want women to have to see an, an ultrasound before they get abortion. They don't want the American people to know uh, what is involved in a late term abortion and that your taxpayer dollars are being used to fund the
2: messaging. Andrea, the Republicans mm-hmm. could pick up on this and hammer this home and hammer this home. And, you know, it probably make some great strides.
1: Yeah. Yeah, they could. One of the things they could have been talking about is they could have been reminding people about all the COVID crackdowns and what they did through, through COVID. And many of and, and they didn't say anything about the shot mandates that continue. We still have U.S. military, 40 something thousand U.S. military continue to be faced with dishonorable discharge if they don't get the shot. Right. There was a story. um, One of the uh, one of the things, too, that they didn't talk about in messaging is the fact that um, the the Biden administration wanting to push shot and, and Democrat governors wanting to push shots and force shots on children in order to get back into school. Oh, great. So they finally, after two years of destroying children's education and destroying their psyches and their minds, decided to reopen schools. But now the only way you can get back in is if your child gets the shot. That's a winning argument for the Republican Party, and they didn't make it.
2: Sure. You sent me an article today, uh, Justice Sotomayor, on Thursday. She denied a request from a group of NYC public sector workers that wanted to block their employers' vaccine mandates. Won't do it. Right. And whether or not you
1: think the shots are deadly, whether or not you think they're actually vaccinations or anything, what we should all be championing in this country is freedom. The very people, 30 something percent of women supposedly couldn't vote Republican because of abortion. My body, my choice. But yet they voted for the party that's telling you not your body and not your choice. Whether it's over uh, you as a woman being forced to get a shot you don't want, whether it's you over when you're pregnant getting a shot you don't want, or whether or not you want your child to be forced to have a shot. Make that make that make sense to me, Skins. I can't yeah. square that. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. And by the way, it's not your body, women. And you've got to know that. So that doesn't make sense either. It's a life inside of you. Yeah. Um, You posted an uh, an article from not posted, but you shared an article with me. FDA claims about boosters and kids branded misinformation uh, research questions, youth vaccination Uh, research and this uh, research from abroad on COVID vaccine efficacy is also putting U.S. regulators between a rock and a hard place. Um,
2: I think this is just going going to show, Andrea, the more time that passes, the more bad news that's coming out against these shots.
1: Right. And that's that is a winning argument for the American people. Right? Um, we know we know that according to the government's own website, VARES reports that almost forty six thousand people have died from the shots. That's not opinion.
2: It's on the website.
1: That's fact. We know millions have been hospitalized. And that's
2: what's reported.
1: That's what's reported. And we know that only about one percent of adverse reactions are reported on the site. So um we don't have any updated results tonight. Let's finish up by saying, as of right now, even the hardcore left is reporting that uh, laxalt in Nevada is up over the Democrat. Um, the Democrats have slow walked in Nevada as well as in Arizona. What they've been doing in order to keep the Democrats to look like they're an elite in Arizona is bring in all the Democrat, you know, the drops are coming from Democrat they're areas. Running out. They're running out of those. Well, it, it, you know, I think I, I'm I'm trusting... Those that are part of the Kerry Lake team, as well as Charlie Kirk and his team, who for years have been the expert on what's going on in the ground in Arizona, Here's hoping. that they're saying that right now there is no pathway to Katie Hobbs to legitimately winning Arizona. Hopefully by tomorrow, we'll actually be able to confirm that. And tomorrow night, we will have Congressman Biggs. He had to reschedule for tomorrow night because of the Freedom Caucus. We'll have Bob Walters here, and you better join us as well. So we'll see y'all tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Pacific time for The Andrea K. Show. Follow me on all the socials at Andrea K.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn.